This podcast sponsored by Prime Super, a leading industry super fund specialising in the health and aged care sector. Go to primesuper.com.au to see what we can do for you. I'm with uh, Professor Hannah Darlin, Professor of Midwifery at Western Sydney University School of Nursing and Midwifery. Professor Darlin, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So there's a, a recent story in the Morning Herald about public hospital in Randwick offering free home births, free of charge, supported by two midwives. Um, what is the, the thinking behind this scheme, do you think? Well, around Australia now, there are around about 14 publicly funded home birth programs that are attached to hospitals. They generally will run out of a hospital's caseload midwifery program, which is where midwives provide care to women all through the pregnancy, are known midwives through the pregnancy, they're on call for your birth and they do your postnatal care. So that program is offered um, to women around Australia. Probably about 9 to 10% of women are now able to access that and we know that the um, higher scientific evidence supports that actually is the best birth option for women. So the natural next sort of gap around that has been to also offer home birth. Um, A little background on the home birth literature. We've actually just recently uh, published a a part of a team I've been involved in, um, published a a meta-analysis, systematic review and meta-analysis, looking at all the literature on the safety of home birth. And uh, we looked at over 28 articles um, for low-risk women who were having babies at home. And um, we looked at things like um, morbidity and mortality for the baby and for the mother. And we compared if you were planning a home birth and you were low risk to a woman who's low risk planning a hospital birth, planning a birth center birth. And we found there was no difference at all in numbers of babies dying by planned place of birth. Um, But we found uh, much, much higher rates of normal birth at home, like more than three times the rate of normal birth. We also found that women had less severe perineal trauma at home, less hemorrhage at home, and their babies were less likely to be admitted into a a neonatal intensive care unit. Uh, So what home birth um, offers now, with all of the evidence that we've gone, is a real option for women who are low risk, who are attended by competent midwives, who are well-networked into a responsive system. So we know that women have a lot less intervention. We know the satisfaction is really high. And we know it's equally safe for the baby as long as you are really careful around those those principles of the woman being low risk and that competent midwives and a responsive system is in place. Mm-hmm. If you look at something like the Randwick program, you've really got that absolutely in place. You've got um, very experienced midwives who work in caseloads, so they are really familiar across all areas of the childbirth continuum. You have a fantastic hospital in, in the Royal Hospital for Women in that you've got very supportive obstetricians who are on board. You've got a supportive management that's on board. And you've got uh, the ability to bring women into a system that everybody will just, you know, accept and move on and, and do what's best for the woman. So that that does provide the ideal uh, because one of the worst scenarios we have in the home birth situation, which unfortunately goes on too much, which is a real hostility against women who have a home birth. Mm-hmm. And if they're transferred in, sometimes those midwives are treated like absolute crap, not to mention the way the women are, are treated. And that's really unsafe because it makes women reluctant to go in. It makes midwives nervous about transferring. So 
I guess in summary, the scientific evidence is now really clear that if you're low risk and you have a competent midwife or midwives at, at your home um, and a good system in place, home birth is as safe mm-hmm. physically for the mother and baby, but it's actually safer in many terms regarding higher normal birth satisfaction and breastfeeding, skin to skin, a whole lot of other factors that are a huge benefit that you don't get necessarily in hospital. Mm -hmm. I have to say I'm quite surprised by that. So, I mean, I would have thought if I kind of try to put myself in the shoes of a midwife or a clinician, that the hospital would be the ideal place because of it protects some, I guess, against some um, unfortunate eventualities that might crop up. So, um, mm. Do you think that is the reason that it's kind of frowned upon maybe home birthing is from a clinician's standpoint um, that they believe it's safer? Look, I think Australia has a very conservative medicalised approach to birth. Uh, we have one of the highest cesarean section rates in the world. We're sitting at one in three women having major abdominal surgery to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at countries like the Netherlands where around you know 15 to 20% of babies are born at home where they have a cesarean section rate that's sitting at about 15% half of hours. Um, it's normal in that culture, like home birth, just, well, that's what you do. You go to hospital if there's a problem, you stay at home if everything's normal. Whereas in Australia, we've had a very medicalised approach. So I think it's more the culture in Australia because this attitude doesn't doesn't appear in, in many other countries. New Zealand, for example, has 5% of their babies born at home. In the UK, in some places, more than 10% of their babies are, are born in, at home. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people don't realise, and this is, you know, something that's really important is we create a lot of problems by what we do to women in hospital. When we intervene unnecessarily, we start a cascade of intervention. And to intervene when you don't need to, which is often going on in hospital, you create more risk of things like bleeding, emergencies. So you're not getting that risk at home. You're having low-risk women who are having minimal intervention done, who are birthing and labouring in a physiological environment with nothing disturbing it. But the other important point here is you don't have midwives appearing in a pair of sandals and an incense stick. You know, the amount of equipment that gets taken, those midwives arrive with uh, equipment to resuscitate. They have drugs to stop bleeding. You know, they have an incredible amount of skill in managing those emergencies and then calling an ambulance if um, that woman needs to be transferred to hospital. So it's not an either or. It's about the right woman in the right place with the right person at the right time. And if we could get that balance right in our system, we would have much safer and more satisfying birth for women. Um, I mean, this has been rolled out, like you say, in 14 hospitals and I guess maybe on a low scale. Does If it's going to be rolled out further, and I and imagine um, there is some research going into this scheme as well, will it come down to a cost analysis? Is it, is it, um, you know, is it beneficial for the health system in, in a cost perspective? Oh, it's definitely beneficial for the health system in a cost perspective. The large Australian uh, birthplace study is uh, concluding at the moment and the publication will come out soon looking Australia-wide at outcomes and costing and everything else. And that that is being led by um, Professor Caroline Homer at at UTS. And look, there is no doubt that having a home birth is significantly less costly for several reasons. If you have three times more normal births, cesarean sections cost a huge amount of money in extra days of stay, in extra equipment, in extra morbidity. It's also the next pregnancy. So if you have a cesarean first time in Australia, because our vaginal birth after cesarean rate is so low, you know, 
only about 12% of women are going to go on to have a vaginal birth after that. So every cesarean breeds more cesarean. So there's no doubt there's cost saved in the birth mode. But you think about it. These women stay in their own homes. They stay in their own beds. They eat their own food. They get less infections. Their babies have less issues because they're kept with their mothers. So the whole kind of snowball effect of cost that occurs in our hospital system is completely negated. Plus, very little equipment is needed when you have a normal physiological birth. So it's definitely much more cost-effective, but it's not just about cost. It's also a very safe option for mothers and babies when women are low risk and you have competent midwives in place. And it's also, and this is a really significant thing in our world today, is it's also a really important factor in reducing uh, PTSD and trauma from birth, which we now know is rising in our Western world and around one in 10 women are now coming out of birth with diagnosis in some of the studies with post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, so that's, that's not a great way to start motherhood. It's not going to be a really good uh, influence on the baby-mother bond and on the development of that child in the future. So it's multifactorial. And so then going forward, what has to happen for this to become, you know, more of the norm? Well, the first step is if you look at the RANSCOG, the Royal College of Australia and New Zealand uh, Obstetrician and Gynecologist Policy on Home Birth, it basically says that it's dreadful and don't do it and it's very dangerous. And they base their recommendation on one base very, you know, highly criticised now uh, and debunked uh, U.S. study because that's the one that they handpicked to uh, support their belief system. You go to UK, UK has a wonderful joint statement between the obstetricians and midwives that says absolutely home birth great for low-risk women. They have a national government guideline that says if you're low-risk, then home birth actually probably gives you more advantage, so they recommend it go to Canada, you've got the obstetricians and midwives again coming out and saying, absolutely, home birth should be supported. Go to the US and they say, oh, no, no, home birth is very dangerous. So we've got to get over the uh, philosophical um, and ideological divide between the professions. That doesn't help. Women are going to home birth. Unfortunately, in Australia, and a lot of our research now is, is, is looking at this, a lot of women are choosing to do it themselves. So they will have a baby with nobody, no professional in attendance or a doula or a birth worker who's not professionally trained. And they're doing it because they can't access midwives, because they can't afford to pay for private midwives because there are not enough home birth programs. So we're creating less, less safe situations by putting our head in the sand. And it's time we all got together and said, this is when it's safe. This is when it's not. Let's give women evidence-based information. Let's support choice. And let's get over our ideological divide. The scientific evidence, all the government recommendations come out supporting home birth for low-risk women. Um, it's really the, um, the obstetric community that continues to have enormous fear about that. And partly I can understand that. If you're an obstetrician and your job is only to deal with problems, of course in your mind birth is always a problem. But we've got to keep in perspective that, you know, birth can actually go very well. And midwives are the expert at caring for women, having normal physiological labor. So let's both do our job where our expertise lies and let's support each other and not continue this divide. Professor Darlin, thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure.